Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness, and mindset on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Siguain. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and basketball player, and I've been vegan for over nine years. I'm also the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, which has helped over 500 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. Let's get into the show. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Ariane Summer. He's an author, a wellness entrepreneur, biohacker, and host of the Super Humanized Podcast, which I had the pleasure to be on a few weeks ago. Um, Ariane, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Maxime. It is so nice to reconnect with you. I have such fond memories of our first meeting, and it was really special to me as well to have you on the podcast, a fellow vegan, fellow very compassionate and passionate human. And I'm so psyched to be on your podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm, I'm excited to dive into your story because obviously we had our podcast together. So I did some research before I jumped on your show and then did a little bit more extensive research before you jumped on mine. And I was like, you've accomplished a lot of things. Um, I would like to just get started with the vegan journey because the name of the show is called the Fit Vegan Podcast. So let's just start with the vegan journey. What got you to be so deeply in love and, uh, and involved in the plant-based movement originally? You know, actually, it's a variety of things. The initial push was a mix out of my um, already big, in a big way, blossoming love for animals and the environment, as well as health. So uh, you know how sometimes you have these aha moments where everything comes together, where everything makes sense. So I'd always been passionate about animals. When I was a little girl, I would collect signatures for Greenpeace, save the seals. I would help clean up environments for certain types of rare near extinct salamanders. Uh, I would write back then I lived in Germany. I'd write to the German um, uh, minister for ecology, inviting him to take a swim in the Rhine River, which back then was very polluted if he believed it was so clean. Uh, yeah. Things like that. Yet still, you know, pretty much all of my childhood and also my teenage life, I had been raised on a very meat laden, dairy laden diet. I never, like so many of us, I never thought twice about how. Actually, there is a certain uh, opposition between the values that I so deeply carried inside of myself from childhood on and the types of foods that landed on my plate. Uh, I owe a great debt of gratitude to animal rights organizations such as PETA. I remember I met a gentleman, he was with PETA back then, Dan Matthews, at a fancy event I was invited to writing for German media. And he met me in Monaco. I was wearing my leather high heels. I was eating the meat hors d'oeuvres. And we started talking about animal rights. And he was so kind and non-judgmental and just invited me to have a look, shared some links, some movies. And it literally wiped all these, the type of brainwashing we grow up with from my mm. eyes. So that yeah. was. So your brain made that connection in that moment of I'm I'm standing for this thing, but I'm wearing this thing and consuming this thing. 
Absolutely, Maxime. And, you know, even back in the day, uh, at the same time, you know, my late teens and early 20s, I'd wear some little fur coats because I thought it was, quote, fashionable. Uh, yeah. And and yet, at the same time, if anybody would have kicked a pigeon on the street, I would have probably been at that person's throat. How can you mistreat this animal in this way? Uh, and and in the next half hour, ordered a rare steak, which was one of my favorite meals. So that's how... It's, it's interesting how we human beings function. I also have a lot of compassion for myself back then because I did the best with what I knew growing up in a certain paradigm, culturally, socially. Yeah. Um, and something that also, aside from the aligning my actions with my values, which had a profound impact, um, switching to a first vegetarian and then a vegan diet really had a mind-boggling effect on my health so things that i thought were quote normal um from having skin issues like psoriasis and acne to having constant colds or flus three four times a year i thought that was oh that's just how it is to a lot of women will be able to relate to constant urinary tract infections all big signs that there's huge inflammation going on in your body systemic inflammation all of that subsided uh, some of it literally within weeks of switching to a plant-based diet, um, mood swings, depression, all of that has become much, much lessened since I'm focused on a whole foods plant-based diet. Beautiful. And so how long have you been vegan or plant-based? So I switched to a vegetarian diet in, let me think, that was 2008, 2007, okay. 2008. Um, uh, back then, I went with my husband, Clay, on a business trip to China. And we already ate much less meat, only organic meat. We're very conscious, at least about the quality of the food. And so we decided we'll go vegetarian in China. So many business dinners and lunches. So, And we knew we wouldn't have control over the quality of the animal protein. So, well, you know, we went vegetarian. And yeah. we actually ended up staying for two months we ate so much we were fully prepared uh this is just more a vanity uh, point to have gained at least eight pounds coming back we actually each lost six to eight pounds just by being you know vegetarian and it was so easy it was so flavorful it was so eye-opening and mouth-watering we just kept with it and then um, I think two, three years later, the logical conclusion conclusion was going vegan or AVAP, as my personal philosophy is, as vegan as possible. So I make rare exceptions. Um, um, it could be like maybe having cheese once every two years, <laughs> or yeah. it could be, you know, things like if, if my mother has prepared a dessert that I have once a year, she has it there, I'll have a bite. I am okay with that if there's some dairy in that, but she usually prepares everything vegan for me anyways now. So this has worked very well for me. I haven't had a steak or anything similar in this is now 15 years. I do not miss it. I do not miss yeah. the dairy. My blood labs are excellent. I have them done twice or three times a year. I am, I feel so much better also emotionally. I feel connected to the greater context of living. And for me, this has truly just been a blessing and absolutely life-changing. And it had a ripple effect also to family and loved ones who are also now doing much better, whether they went fully plant-based or whether they 
became uh, weekday vegans and maybe on the weekend they have something that they get the best of the best and they'll still have their I don't know Sunday roast or whatever it is so it's been really amazing and I feel so blessed that I get to share this message and hopefully also help others live their best life yeah so it seems like these these this journey that you've been on has shaped a trajectory of your life in like obviously the podcast and some of the big projects that you're working on so how would you say that that's shaped and mold the things that you're creating now in business i know you're a writer journalist as well and you obviously have the podcast it has impacted everything maxime so obviously from the choice of topics that i write about i'm very passionate about uh, sharing how we can all have a better human experience. Um, and whether that is from a mental, a physical, or a spiritual aspect. And I find that something that can be as simple as changing our diet will positively impact all of these other aspects. Uh, as I mentioned just previously, the feeling of being more rooted in my body, of feeling stronger, of feeling healthier, the feeling and the knowledge that my choices, albeit they are small, they still have an effect for what I believe is the greater good in this world. It's not only a sense of feeling good about myself, it's a sense of contribution. It's a sense of um, aligning with what I think can absolutely be the positive, beautiful future of humanity as a thriving species, not just barely surviving, and also as a species that can share values. And, you know, we're having all these discussions right now about going back to the moon, going to Mars. Is there extraterrestrial life? We've had some very high caliber uh, individuals come out yet again in a bipartisan initiative in the United States, Republican and Democrat, about unveiling and making open all the information that is available. Uh, I think we are at a threshold, humanity, towards growing up, becoming more mature as a species. And I think the way we treat our co-creatures um, and by extension, also how we treat ourselves is, is a, a big step towards this greater humanity and greater good. Yeah. And so is that what led you to want to start the podcast, Superhumanized, to want to spread that message? I really love the name. Um, so what's the mission behind it? Let's put it that What's the mission behind it? And uh, how are you fulfilling that right now? So microcosm, macrocosm, as above, so below. I believe the mission on a uh, more daily life human scale is helping everyone get something out of these great stories and great minds that I have the privilege to interview, who each in their own way are helping elevate the human experience. It could be neuroscientists, it could be spiritual leaders, social activists, uh, all kinds of amazing human beings who share their wisdom, uh, as you also do with your podcast. So on the smaller quote scale, it is helping people optimize their lives, whether it's, you know, diet and nutrition, whether it's the outlook on life, whether it's becoming better leaders within our families, friendships, or as, you know, business uh, entrepreneurs. Um, on a bigger scale, it is 
the desire to contribute to a movement that is um, building a more compassionate humanity. And I think by sharing these stories, at heart, I'm a storyteller. I always liked to write stories myself, whether it's in the uh, field of journalism uh, or whether it's in fiction. I published a couple of fiction books in the German-speaking markets, or whether it is just being the space holder for the stories of others and being the bridge between their stories and the audience. So that just gives me great joy and nothing makes me happier than, you know, some days I wake up and I go on social media and I get messages from complete strangers or emails to the website and they just say, oh, this particular episode and, and this piece of knowledge that was shared there, it actually really transformed my life. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> that's just so wonderful and so gratifying. And that's also amongst my whys. Yeah, it's very gratifying to serve others. And it's great when people do reach out because sometimes we don't know the extent of the impact that we have. A lot of people keep it for themselves, but it's nice to have that that email, that message from time to time as a reminder of like, okay, what I'm doing is helping people. I need to continue to do more of it. Always, always, yes. Yeah. So when I heard the the name for the first time, uh, it made me think of biohacking and then discovered that you enjoy biohacking. So mm -hmm. for the people listening, do you mind kind of sharing what is biohacking and what is um, what is your involvement in, in, in that world? So biohacking is a movement that under this umbrella term, actually, it um, started in the United States. And it's to put it in very simplistic terms, it's about hacking your own biology, optimizing the functioning of your body, your brain, which is, of course, part of your body, optimizing your focus, your emotions, anything you can think of that would enhance your experience as a human being and help you level up to the best potential you. And the gamut of biohackers ranks from, you know, people who are just happy with taking a few supplements, uh, doing the kinds of uh, exercises that help them feel better, get healthier, to people who actually implant things under their skin in order to be able to open doors or magnets, people who will inject their eyes with certain substances so they can see in the dark. So I see myself somewhere in the in the middle I, there. There's a broad spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, a very broad spectrum. And, um, you know, sometimes when people are not acquainted with the term, ask me, what's biohacking? I often like to ask them, so do you drink coffee? And if they say yes, I like, ah, very clever biohack in order to enhance your energy and also your focus. Or I ask them, do you meditate? That's actually also, if you want to use the term biohacking, a really good biohack. So a lot of the things that we now also put under this term biohacking are very ancient technologies and practices from yoga to breath work, to meditation, to mindfulness, to herbalism, which has been around in the different regions and cultures for thousands of years. Just think of TCM, traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda. Uh, in yeah. Europe, the great school, for example, Hildegard von Bingen, who was a nun in the medieval ages, who produced an immense body of work. Um, so from these ancient knowledge to modern technologies, such as whether it's uh, stem cells, whether it is something that probably a lot of your audience may be acquainted with or may have at least heard of, it could be... Um, 
you know, cryosaunas, cold exposure. It could be yeah. infrared saunas. So there's so many things we can do uh, in order to help ourselves. I always suggest to get your baseline first, do some blood work, know where your hormones are at, know what your nutritional needs or maybe deficiencies are. Um, if you don't have good knowledge, uh, try to work with somebody who is knowledgeable so you're not throwing darts in the dark. Uh, I enjoy it very much. Friends often tell me, what, you do all that? Isn't that like a lot of energy expenditure or you aren't you spending a lot of money on it? And I'm just, no, this is what I enjoy doing. And for me, aside that they're not vegan, but instead of buying Louboutins, <laughs> like a lot of my girlfriends do, I rather buy some rare traditional Chinese medicine herbs. That's just my choice. Yeah. And ultimately it's to put it into context as well, right? It's it feels for a lot of people looking externally that you're spending a lot of money on these things now, but 40 years down the line, the people that haven't invested in their health are going to pay a steeper price than whatever you paid for the Chinese medicine, whatever you paid to do cryotherapy, whatever you paid to do a sauna. And so it's the, it's the cost now versus the cost later type of, of scenario. And 100%. right. And so like, I've, I used to, it's basically hacking your environment so that you can optimize yourself. Right. So I think the extent I've ever gone through was like cold exposure, which I still do. And then red light therapy. That's when I was like, let me just nerd out on biohacking and buy red light therapy. I went any, I never went any, anything above that. Um, what's kind of the, the extent of biohacking that, that you've done for yourself that you've noticed a big difference in, in your energy and in your health. Mm -hmm. uh, I will share it with you. And I actually want to acknowledge you, Maxime, because I personally believe that a plant-based diet, a vegan diet is one of the most amazing biohacks. If you do that in an informed way and in a balanced way, I feel there's nothing better we can do for our all over health and well-being, for our rejuvenation for ourselves. Uh, so you're actually a very intense and focused biohacker in, in that sense. Um, for myself, you know, it is, I have, <laughs> so people who walk into my kitchen where I keep on a, uh, <laughs> I keep a lot of supplements and it's not even all those that I have. I have cabinets full of supplements. They come in and see my basic stack that I go through in a month, depending on what I'm working on. Like, oh my God, these are a lot of supplements. And I'm just thinking to myself, you have no idea what I have in the pantry. <laughs> so supplements are a, a big part of it. I love to dive into really rare herbs. I love to be a guinea pig on that. And I, I like to try things that are really hard to find initially. Also, because I like to bring that knowledge in and share it with the scientists that we work with, I may have mentioned, we um, have a company called Spray Labs. It's uh, based in Phoenix, Arizona. And we actually produce a couple of our own supplements lines. We also do white label for other bigger companies. But so I love to bring that knowledge back to our lab, back to our team of scientists, and then see how can we make it easily uh, and wider available and also in an affordable way. Because oftentimes, you know, the things that initially are not that affordable, if you produce them on a larger scale, they become more affordable. So that that's a big passion of mine too. Uh, I think it's also important to mention that biohacking is not by necessity expensive. It can be, but you can achieve 
huge changes by things that are actually cost-free, breath alone. I mean, most of us will have heard of, um, you know, breath work, just like box breathing to calm yourself down. You can even achieve with specific breathing techniques, um, states that are akin to states you would only get otherwise by ingesting in some form psychedelics. Yeah. Um, so you, you don't have to spend money on things that sound weird to you or that are crazy expensive that just as a side note, but so supplements, a huge passion of mine. Um, another thing is, you know, uh, I have an infrared sauna at home. I am a big fan of, um, vitamin IVs. I'm a fan of NAD plus IVs yeah. for rejuvenation, you know, and, uh, we actually offer that, uh, we have a clinic in Santa Monica in Los Angeles uh, called gateway clinics, which is part of our company gateway sciences. Um, and, uh, we also offer ketamine IV. So that is another thing that is part of my personal well-being protocol. I've dealt with lifelong, quite intense anxiety going up to panic attacks and also have been diagnosed with, with depression, quite severe depression. And I had learned how to manage the symptoms via herbs, via yoga, via breath work and other wonderful things. Uh, that, however, did not necessarily resolve root causes. So I discovered mm. it over the last two years that substances like ketamine, which is legal in all 50 U.S. states, as long as it's prescribed by a doctor, can be incredibly helpful, has been for me. So that, for me, coming from a culture like Germany, where anything that has the label drugs is viewed as very suspiciously, that was a big step for me to trust the science, uh, trust all the studies that came before, give that a chance. And it was absolutely amazing. I'm a big believer in these healing medicines, whether they come out of the lab or from the plant kingdom. I think it's phenomenal that we have access to them nowadays. Um, always, you know, you want to mind where are certain substances legal or not go to safe providers. Um, I think we have so much more to look forward to in that respect. Uh, that is yeah. something that's become part of my journey as well, exploring my psyche, uh, healing uh, from the inside out, whether it's generational trauma or some of the things I have experienced in my life and also being open about it. That's a big part of healing too. Um, yeah. yeah. Peptides are very interesting in the realm of biohacking. I have not delved into stem cells yet, but I find that fascinating as well. And uh, other than that, it's also, you know, movement, uh, nutrition, um, and mindfulness and meditation. Those things are basic tenets of my, my program, of my protocol. Yeah. I, so much I want to say to that. So, <laughs> the the ketamine part and psilocybin so mushrooms as well they're doing a lot more studies on that when it comes to ptsd anxiety depression and they're getting amazing results from it as well i've had my experiences uh, i don't know if i've shared that on the on, on your podcast but i did a, a mushroom and mdma ceremony i think five months after my ex-partner passed away and it was the most beautiful and healing experience i could have ever gone through it completely shifted where i was heading in my life and the speeding of the healing because it just yeah there's a lot of power to it you just remove all the layers and you just confront what's there within a pure loving way 
So I definitely am excited for more of these studies to come out and for people to have exposure to that. But I've never heard of ketamine IV. I've heard of ketamine in a different context, not as an IV or in a way to help with anxiety. First off, I mean, I already mentioned that when I had the privilege to interview you on my podcast with so much respect for you, for your heart, for your perseverance to be this this guide and this uh, this rock for your ex-partner and to go through the storm with her. I mean, that is one of the hardest things I can ever imagine doing. And you being there doing that, you also sharing that message is just incredible. Um, and I would like to, before I share some about the ketamine experience, I would like to actually ask a question if it's okay. And yeah. that's wonderful. What was your big takeaway from your experience with the psychedelics? that I had that I had to let go of the pain that came through those five years. Um, I'm going to share this. I haven't shared this on a podcast, but it was very, if you've ever done it, it's a weird experience. What I'm about to tell you, you may not connect to it. <laughs> if you ever had an experience, you're going to understand what I'm saying. So there was throughout the five years, there was, there was so much trauma, negative moments, really hard moments. And, you know, I was in a, in a center with other people when we did the ceremony and I had my pillow with me because I have a pillow and a blanket. And so I just remember getting to this place where my body was covered in black gunk, just like sticky stuff. And then I would just, I just went through and I had my pillow with me and I just went through, I grabbed the gunk off my feet, shoved it in the pillow. I grabbed it from my ankle, shoved the pillow. And I did my whole body. I removed all the trauma, the pain from every single part of my body, from my heart to my head to everything. And I put it in that pillow and I was holding onto the pillow. And then I was like, internally, am I ready to let go of this? And there was this resounding yes in my body. There's like so much vibrancy that came in one go. And I just grabbed through the pillow. There's a room of 20 people, but I was on mushrooms. So I just threw my pillow <laughs> in the room. Um, but that, and as soon as I threw, I just fell back and it's just like pure bliss that the trauma, the pain, all of that kind of had disappeared. So that was a really big one. And then one, the, the last big one was when I saw Jen, my ex-partner, like I saw her, she was in front of me and she laid her head on my chest and she just melted into my chest, mm. making me tear up. And it filled that hole that was there. And to me, that just completed everything. So, yeah. So it was life-changing experience for sure. That is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I think we are truly um, blessed. Our generation is really blessed to have access to these medicines, also to all kinds yeah. of treatments and healing modalities. If you look at um, just, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here. I'm assuming that many people have similar experiences. Even if you just look back at the generation of our parents who, you know, most of them just did the best that they could with what they had. Uh, they never had the resources that we have, whether it's knowledge or actual experiences that can really like a rocket blow you through uh, all this accumulated whether it's negativity, trauma, and like I said before, some of it is generational. Some of it is in our own lifetimes. Other things are, and this is tied to the generational trauma, epigenetic. 
there's been incredible studies done, um, you know, with uh, what you just mentioned, MDMA, um, and uh, for example, with families, Holocaust survivors, with people who are war veterans, people literally went through the worst of the worst of human experiences. Everything yeah. else failed, other treatments failed, but a guided therapy with in a clinical environment with MDMA within these the paradigm of these studies actually helped these people recover from this trauma. And the one thing is to recover oneself. The other thing is I firmly believe when we uplift ourselves, when we heal ourselves, by extension, we also heal others. And it yeah. goes past the trauma from the past generations and it goes forward to if we choose to have children or even if we just mentor younger people, it actually frees, when we free ourselves from this pain, we also free future generations from it. And as far as epigenetics go, this is a sad study, actually. It's been done, I believe, on mice, that the mice were exposed to the scent of peppermint, and at the same time, they were given electroshocks. So these poor creatures, of course, associated the peppermint scent with a terrible experience. So yeah. even when they were just administered the peppermint scent, they would still react panicked. The interesting thing is the offspring of said animals that had never been electroshocked, but exposure to peppermint scent would also cause panic and distress in these animals. And even the grandchildren of the first generation that had been electroshocked in combination with the peppermint scent, peppermint scent also caused a trauma response. So this is yeah. how trauma works. And when we can actually not just say, but also implement this stops with me. This is super powerful. And to tie this back into veganism, living or just living as plant-based as you can, making more conscious choices, you stop trauma and suffering. And I firmly believe any trauma and suffering, whether it's ourselves, fellow humans or animals, in the end, it falls back on us. Uh, you just have to look at individuals who work in slaughterhouses and how distressing yeah logically and physically it is to them my heart goes out to these people who often not by choice but this is just what one of the few things they can do to support themselves and their families and they go through this horrific shifts where it's just pain and suffering of a co-creature that's intelligent how can that not affect you so yeah. when we make trauma stop for ourselves by extension we i think we also put something very powerful forth in the world yeah i think that the trauma piece that i think and you can tell me if you agree with me on this but there's obviously like you mentioned there's our own personal experiences there's generational trauma but i think there's also trauma that come from consuming animal products because you think of the stress the stress state that a cow is in before it gets killed and that just you know the hormones get released right away this stuff goes in the meat immediately and then people consume that and they wonder why they're feeling anxious, why they're feeling depressed, why they don't have any energy. So you're also consuming trauma when you're consuming animal products. I agree with you 100%. And this is not some uh, California hippie woo woo. <laughs> 
Although, you we're know, only going to say that because I live that now, but yeah. <laughs> <me too. laughs> but um, aside from there absolutely being an energetic correlation, and especially if you know a little bit about quantum physics and how everything is connected and everything affects everything else. So there is that. But if you don't believe that, all right. Uh, you can simply look at biochemistry. And if you ingest something, which is most cases, the muscle flesh of animals that have not only been slaughtered under horrific circumstances, but have also lived a horrific life filled with pain and fear, all of these, whether it's adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, and a whole bunch of other things, what you consume is laden with that. And you obviously that's going to affect us. There's, yeah. I mean, there's no way around it. That seems completely logical to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that you mentioned that the biggest part of biohacking you can do is, is shifting your nutrition because it's true. Uh, I feel like you're just like me. You're a type A. I feel like a lot of people that listen to the show are type A as well. So we hear that the word biohacking and are just internal type it gets very excited We're like oh i get to optimize stuff i get to track stuff right i get to have data and kind of play with numbers but the re and then we get distracted i believe with um items or things to do right like i'm gonna buy this red light machine i'm gonna buy this sauna machine but i'm gonna keep eating a mcdonald's drinking soda pop and eating candy right so it's addressing the basic and the fundamentals that you already have control over that don't require you to spend more money and it's cheaper to eat plant-based than it is to eat meat, especially nowadays. So it's just for the people listening that focus on the basics because you can do saunas and cold exposure and all that stuff. If you're consuming animal products, you're consuming processed foods, you're just neglecting. You're basically, you're going backwards more than you're going forward on some of the therapies that you're doing. Absolutely, Maxime. Yes. And you got to cover the basics, nutrition, sleep, movement, and also adding some type of a spiritual component, you know, whether you're religious, whether you just call yourself spiritual in the larger sense, or, you know, whether you just believe in a, it, it can just be life itself, you know, renewing itself, evolution, whatever you connect with, but to open yourself up to contemplation of that, and maybe also putting certain things that come to mind then into action. It could be acts of compassion, of kindness, things that make you move a little bit outside of just your own bubble and mm -hmm. contribute to other individuals' causes. That alone is, I find, from a purely selfish perspective, so fulfilling and regenerative. And when you have a purpose, when you feel purpose in your life, I think that is such a driving force that combined with a self-love practice, which to a lot of us does not come easily, but you can start small, start loving one single tiny cell of your body. Give that some loving thoughts every day. I think a lot of us are capable of that, even though we can't quite wrap our arms and love about our whole selves, but start with something small and that will fuel everything else. Yeah, absolutely. The guy that that gratefulness practice makes a big difference in your physiology. Um, you mentioned earlier about testing, right? Mm -hmm. Testing before you take on any form of supplements. So what a, a big mistake that I see people do is like, oh, Ariane told me that this supplement is great. I should go buy this one. Or someone told me that this supplement is the new latest thing. I should go buy this one. At the end of the day, 
and just from personal experience, when we're going through the cancer journey, I spent several thousand dollars on IV therapy for vitamin C uh, for my ex, and she was getting worse. But we were told that high-dose vitamin C is really good for cancer patients. And then eventually we did a test, and it showed that she had a predisposed genetic that if she had vi high-dose vitamin C would actually harm her. So I spent thousands of dollars in the opposite direction thinking that I was doing the right thing. And so a big lesson is test, <laughs> test, do some tests, see what would affect your body, do your blood work, see where you have deficiencies, because they say that a lot of people are deficient in iron, they're deficient in magnesium. You may not be. I did my blood work and I have no deficiencies in any of those. So I don't need to take supplements for them because I haven't been taking supplements for them. And so if you don't test, you won't really know what supplements you need to buy. So be careful when you look at someone else's stash <laughs> because it's unique to them if they're actually doing it properly. Yes. Yes. I, you are here really preaching to the choir. I'm so glad <laughs> you that up uh, because we, it's so easy to see somebody who's doing certain things, amazing things. And, oh, I want to do everything this person is doing, whether it's a certain athletic performance or uh, gosh, their cognitive function is so amazing or their output as a writer. So what do they do? What do they take? Especially if it's, you know, supplement based or you think it's supplement based, you do, you get, tested find out if you have any deficiencies if you have any allergies i also recommend um, it's helpful to get some genetic testing uh, for example i found out you know like i think it's over 40 percent of the population that have this mutation the um, mthfr which basically means that you cannot uh, your body cannot convert folate or you know folic acid so you actually need to take methylfolate. If you're deficient in folate, it affects so many different uh, bodily functions. And yeah. for example, for us women, it can be very detrimental to be low on folate for our reproductive system. So a lot of women don't know that. So it's an easy thing to get tested uh, and, and then know that you may want to, if you're deficient the supplement you want to take is methylfolate definitely not folate or folic acid so things like that as well as just um it gives you better control over your own health it gives you better insight and also depending on which who are your doctors your healers your health caretakers your team it gives you much much better aim at whatever your goal may be if you just want to maintain where you are or if you want to enhance certain aspects of your life or if you just want to enhance your uh, lifespan and of course also health span all of this is possible you know a lot of people have the bias against like oh why would i want to get older because in their minds they think oh, the last 10 20 years of my life are going to be miserable because so many yeah. people right now are ill and oftentimes it's things that could be made better or even prevented just by having more knowledge and um, i think the future with that regard is very bright um, we're moving more towards a individualized medicine or preventative so when i speak about medicine i actually don't necessarily mean the western type of medicine i mean healing right which for me is a combination out of prevention that's the biggest part prevention and building strength resilience optimizing longevity and then using the Western medicine, which is fantastic that we have it, you know, if we get an infection, if we have an accident or some serious illness that 
we have these great tools that Western medicine offers. But for me, the biggest part of health and longevity is really in prevention. Yeah. There's two questions I want to ask you. I'm just debating. I'll go with the shorter one first. So in your experience, have you ever experimented with any herbs or supplements to increase focus? Um, I'm sure you've heard of uh, brain octane. I think it's on it that has it. And then there's qualia, I believe, which is another one. Have you had any experiences with these two or any other form of herbs to increase uh, focus because I'm, I'm shopping around. I, <laughs> I biohacked that all my sleep, my training, my nutrition, but I'm looking for that edge when I'm trying to focus. So you have a lot of knowledge in that space. So what, what would you kind of suggest? So I have tried the brain octane in the past. I think I did like it. I don't know why I didn't stick with it. It could be that I just had travel and ran out of it. Um, qualia, I have only tried a few times some samples. I didn't feel an immediate effect. I know a lot of these things are also cumulative, but so what I really like to stack is for example, lion's mane and niacin. And now the niacin with the flush, not the one that's more comfortable, but you want to yeah. take the niacin with the flush and combine it with lion's mane that really drives the actives into you know, where it's needed. I also, for the brain particularly like, you know, there's um, uh, different types of magnesium. The one type of magnesium that's very beneficial for the brain, and I believe I'm correct when I'm saying it's the only one that actually crosses the blood-brain barrier, is magnesium L-threonate. So this is... This I absolutely love um, and I take not every day, but but regularly. And I also have periods where I, I do um, uh, therapeutic kind of doses when I know I have a lot of brain work coming on. Uh, something that regularly finds its way into my stacks is uh, Goto-Cola and Ginkgo Biloba. Uh, I do like four... Oh, I mean, there's ketones. There's some products like uh, Ketone IQ that really can boost uh, focus. So that's something I've tried recently I like. And something else that I've also just uh, started taking within the last four or five weeks. Have you heard of Methylene Blue? No. So Methylene Blue originally was used as a dye, for example, for denim. But as with so many compounds, they actually discovered it had really incredible effects also with regards to health. Health. I think it was in the First World War that they actually gave Methylene Blue to soldiers, you know, who were in the trenches and they were worried they would catch all kinds of infections. So aside from really helping your body deal with infections, and it was the first um, uh, FDA, what's the official term? Not endorsed, uh, but uh, one of the first medicines that officially got endorsed by the FDA. It has a long history. Uh, It's come out of usage because of other uh prescription meds you know becoming yeah. bigger bigger money makers uh, but methylene blue also has a really positive effect apparently on your mitochondria so it really fuels your mitochondria and the mitochondria for those who are not aware of it are basically the uh the energy producers of our cells so when the mitochondria are well taken care of all of the cells in our body work better of course also our brain works better and methylene blue, um, I'm taking a, I'm seeing if I have it somewhere, it's somewhere here in this 
uh, Meth, I'm taking a product that has a great reputation. Uh, what's it called? Um, it's Trokies. I think it's called Tro Blue. I'll remember the right name. Uh, but so what you do is you take, in my case, I take half of a trochee and then you want to expose yourself to some sunlight. Me being so pale skinned, I do it in the morning because it mm -hmm. also activates it. Or you could go into the infrared sauna. And I've noticed that when I do take it, it really gives me an incredible boost, a non-jittery energy and focus. And it's just like my, my brain also feels like it works better pretty much immediately within half an hour to or so after taking it. Um, okay. so that's something I, I'm, I'm, I've been experimenting with and really have been liking. Yeah, beautiful. I'll, I'll look into those. I'll definitely oh, look yeah. into those. Yes. Oh, the name of the company is Tro Scriptions. Tro like Trokey, T-R-O, Tro Scriptions. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look into those because I've been looking for something new to kind of try in the morning. Um. Last question I'd like to end on, and I'm sure you've heard of this man before, Brian Johnson. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would love, uh, I know we can talk about it for hours on this one, but what, what are your thoughts on kind of like what he's doing? And that's like right up our alley of what we just talked about today. Absolutely. So uh, I just recently became aware of him and he's had really a, you could say, meteoric rise in awareness around him, which I think is also very, like everything else, very carefully crafted. I admire yeah. that. I think it's fascinating what he does. Um, I'm curious to see over the next year or few years how all of this is going to pan out. I think he's achieved some remarkable results with his protocol, which is, of course, very intense. I mean, you yeah. and I know oftentimes in the media, things are overblown. Uh, they say he spends $2 million a year in order to, uh, you know, rejuvenate his entire system. Uh, and so he's an entrepreneur. He's very wealthy. Uh, I know that a lot of people criticize that. I actually applaud it because uh, what someone chooses to spend their money on is their business and a lot of things that initially were very expensive. Think about the first cell phones, the first um, flights on airplanes or such yeah. were first unreachable for most people because they were just so expensive. But the people who are trailblazing these things in the end contribute to making technologies and treatments down the line more affordable for everyone. And I'm a firm believer in extending lifespan and health span. I think humanity overall, we would benefit greatly. Uh, so I see him as a, as a trailblazer. I would actually love to pick his brain. He's also plant-based. He's vegan. He yeah. switched to a vegan diet. He's, he's a big believer in that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's interesting. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love what he's doing for sure. As soon as I heard about him, I just started watching a bunch of video on how he's optimizing his sleep. And yeah, he did mention, he's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not vegan to be vegan. He's like, I'm vegan because that's what this, this the data shows me that's best to reverse the aging. Cause he's 45, 46 or something like that. But his epigenetic age is like 18 years old. And yeah. he just, it's crazy. He's like Benjamin Button basically is what is what's happening to him. Um, but yeah, I love what he's doing. I actually bought a uh, heard of Pulsetto. It's a stimulate, stimulate your vagus nerve. It helps to increase your HRV. So I yes. bought that to kind of like test it out for myself because I'm tracking with my whoop. But yeah, getting a lot of good information from him for sure. 
Yes. No, I respect what he's doing. And uh, I I think the more these types of things become public knowledge, of course, Dr. David Sinclair is also yeah. very well known author of Lifespan. He also has a fantastic, I think it's an eight episode podcast out there. He, he actually also switched to a vegan diet, I think within the last year or two. And again, somebody, and he is, I mean, a top scientist, he also says he did it because this is what the science says. This yeah. is what keep you healthy and extend your lifespan so yeah the data is catching up people are starting to realize that the movement the movement is going to take over soon um i, I want to say a massive thank you for taking the time to jump on the show it was a pleasure chatting with you um i didn't know i was going to cry this podcast episode so <laughs> i'm happy i shared it and i feel we kind of got, like got to go through those experiences i always like to end on words of wisdom so do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience. Yeah, and it's actually something that I have just become aware of in the more recent past, that oftentimes the things that we think make us weak are actually our greatest strengths. So for myself, that is the depth of the emotions that I can feel. Uh, I discovered my heart is a supernova and instead of hiding that or suppressing that to share it and to live it. So to really sit with whatever we consider as our weakness or whatever we may not like about ourselves to really spend time with it and embrace it and see where it actually can become the fuel of our life. That's beautiful. I won't add anything to that. <laughs> it's a great word set to end on. So Aaron, I say massive thank you for jumping on the show. Uh, for everyone that's interested in learning more about what she's working on, the podcast and everything, I'll put all the link down below in the show notes. So if you're on YouTube, it's basically going to be in the description. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Make sure to go show her some love, check out her work, uh, and we'll see everyone in the next episode. Thank Bye. you so much to you, Maxime, and thank you to your audience. It was such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support, please share it with others that would benefit from it. Share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.